Let's head across right now and speak more about, um, well, the impact that having those police in Alice Springs is having. We've just heard from the Mayor of Alice. It's obviously a really positive thing for the community of Alice Springs. Last week, we heard from the Police Association, though, that the move may mean that we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Now, yesterday in Parliament, there was an issue that was raised by the opposition, and we spoke to Leah Finocchiaro about this just a short time ago. They questioned the Police Minister about the closure of remote police stations in order for this surge to happen. Joining me on the line is the President of the Police Association, Paul McHugh. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Katie. How are you? Not too bad. Now, Paul, have remote stations closed in order to surge police into Alice? Yeah, look, I believe, you know, certainly our information is, um, you know, Hutch Range has been mentioned as one station that's closed, but I know you know, other stations, including some other remote stations, um, may have been impacted as well by being provided or providing resources, you know, into Alice Springs to help with this surge. So, um, you know, we can't really confirm uh, what other stations might be closed, but certainly it's having an impact across the board. There's no no question about that. So when you talk about Hearts Range, I know that the opposition leader had mentioned that it services a number of communities. How big an area are we talking about here that there are no police now? Well, it's a significant area, community there out at Hearts Range. And, and of course, um, you know, it's it's a, an accessible location for many, many people in that area. So they obviously expect police there. But, of course, you can't you, know, you can't take 40 police uh, and lob them into Alice Springs without it having an impact in many other locations. And that's just one of many that are now impacted, um, you know, right across the Territory because of this um, surge requirement down there in Alice Springs. So... Um, you know, it is impacting across the board. We know our members have already provided feedback that it, um, you know, whilst it's, it's great to see down there in Alice, and obviously it's amazing what you can do with sufficient boots on the ground, isn't it, to actually proactively police and, and, and you know, show that uh, presence in the community there it impacts in other locations quite significantly. Paul, um, when you talk about surging the police, we keep hearing that there are more police than there's ever been before. The government keeps trotting out that line and also saying that there's greater investment than ever before. So why are we in a situation where we can't surge up without impacting other communities? I think it's really a combination of a lot of things. Uh, You know, Katie, obviously there's been a fair change in policy legislation over the last few years in terms of, you know, alcohol consumption and, and, and liquor and, um, you know, the, the ability for police to, 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 to work in that space. And that's really impacted, of course, on police numbers. But obviously there's been a surge in youth crime. There's been an increase in domestic and family violence. And, of course, um, you know, our significantly high attrition rate has meant you know, as somebody walks out the door, it takes really 12 months to get someone else in to replace that person. Uh, and obviously that recruiting is struggling to keep up. So it's really impacting across the board. Now, I know there'll be people listening this morning and thinking to themselves, how are we able to surge up for operations like the arrival of bikey gangs, but we can't sort of do it mm. for other other things like what we're seeing in Alice? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a you know, million-dollar question, really. I mean, obviously it's it's challenging when you're talking about a surge capacity say in the greater Darwin area where you can draw on resources that are already in the Darwin area versus Alice uh, for example where you've got to essentially fly people in and 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 um, you know accommodate them and 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 put them in put them to work down there and of course um, we've seen some great results you know we've obviously seen the figures and and that's having a, a good impact down there at the moment but um, it's not sustainable and I know we do keep hearing the government say we've got 
you know, additional, uh, we've got better budget than ever before, we've got more numbers mm. than ever before, but what's the comparative, uh, you know, figure? If we're talking 10 years ago, it's been 10 years since we've really reviewed what police are required to do. Uh, so how do we know those numbers are now right and that funding is actually correct? Because, you know, we certainly don't think it is. Now, Paul, one of the other big things that's happened, of course, overnight, the raising of the age of criminal responsibility. Uh, There has been sort of some further detail, I guess you would say, provided. Um, We spoke to the opposition about this a short time ago. Um, Now, the uh, sorry, the government have issued in their statement from last night, the Attorney General um, has said that Northern Territory Police will continue to investigate offences and victims of crime will continue to receive assistance through financial compensation and free counselling, as well as home security assessments and emergency resecure services. But can you talk us through, operationally, how exactly the Northern Territory Police will continue to investigate offences for those under the age of 12 um, if they're not able to be held criminally responsible for their actions? Yeah, well, I guess ultimately police's role is to um, respond uh, to crime, whether it's proactively or reactively, um, and until such time as they, you know, they, they obviously need to find out who committed that crime, how it was committed, uh, and then ultimately if it turns out to be a child under the age of 12 now, ultimately there's very little in terms of prosecution that police will be able to do, but the role is still going to be to investigate that crime. So it will no doubt continue to tie up resources, um, but I guess from a victim's perspective, uh, you know, they deserve the right to have that crime investigated. Now that the law will be changing, you know, very, that's very much out of the hands of police. Um, uh, but what we obviously, the major concern from our perspective mm. is, is having police tied up essentially uh, doing, do, you know, babysitting these young people um, without other, uh, you know, departments and, and NGOs stepping in to actually take up the slack because the last thing we need is police tied up on these sorts of matters uh, when ultimately there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, so, like, let's say that, you know, that a 10- and 11-year-old are involved in the theft of a vehicle mm. and, um, you know, we've heard it on this show before where there's been the 11 year, an 11-year-old behind the wheel of a, of a stolen car. So let's say yep. there's a situation like that. The Northern Territory Police obviously apprehend those young people. Then what do they have to do? Just are they able to... Um, you know, to to apprehend them and and what do they have to do with them after that point if, um, you know, if if the age has changed? Well, ultimately, that's why we were supportive. Obviously, the Commissioner, I believe, um, you know, was trying to push back the implementation of any changes in, in, you know, this legislation for some time. We were supportive of, you know, making sure there's as long a lead-in time as possible because ultimately the police will need to understand their role They'll need to understand what protections they have because ultimately they have a right um, as a police officer to take action if there's a crime being committed before them. We've seen many you know, vehicles recently being used as deadly weapons, you know, attacking other vehicles and, and being driven towards people. Police have the right to take that relevant action and then ultimately we need to understand and the police will need to understand, which we don't just yet, uh, what that means for them in terms of the action they can take with those young individuals because ultimately until you apprehend that person and actually ascertain their age you know things will be exactly the same as they are now but so at this point in time it sounds like there's still a lot of operational questions that the police don't actually know the answers to absolutely and and from our perspective our members 
you know, have the right to be protected in their actions and in the workplace. So, you know, we need to make sure and we need to be comfortable on behalf of our members um, that all of these operational matters are, are worked through. And I know that the, the Commission is, you know, very alive to this. And, um, you know, there's got to be significant lead-in time to allow that process to be to be played out through, you know, the 1,600-odd police we have in the NT. Paul, are officers annoyed that this has been pushed through as quickly as it has without those discussions happening prior? Yeah, look, obviously we, you know, we on behalf of the members, uh, you know, made a submission in relation to this and really wanted this legislation held back until all of the ducks were in a row. Um, and obviously the government uh, weren't supportive of that. They wanted to push this legislation through, uh, I guess essentially saying we won't really kick, kick it off or gazette it until such time as, mm. as everything's in place. We would have liked to have actually seen it all in place, um, everyone understand what this is going to mean, and then and then by all means push ahead. But, um, you know, that's not what the government have done. Well, Police Association President Paul McHugh, we always appreciate your time. Thanks so much for speaking with me this morning. Thanks, Katie. Cheers. Thank you.